Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I am here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have something that I think is pretty important. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> We don't even have any more. <laughs> I know. Mine's gone, too. Uh, I have something that I think is pretty important to talk about. Okay. So, I have stories from formerly, quote-unquote, creepy men. Oh. Uh, that they ended up realizing that they're creepy. I oh, okay. First one, I had what I can only call a grand moment of realization. There was a girl who I was acquainted with, and she was obsessively and obviously and weirdly into me. Being at the state of peak neck beard that I was, I don't know what that means, I was desperate for a girlfriend. But for whatever reason, I was not into the idea. I knew her too well, and although she was interested in me, I was not interested in her. I spent a long time thinking about whether I should start seeing this girl I wasn't attracted to. Then it clicked for me, sometimes people just aren't into you. That's okay, and it's actually a good thing not to have to say yes to a relationship just because someone thinks they're qualified to date you. That moment changed my perspective so much, and I was able to realize that other people have and deserve their own and uh autonomy really hmm it's nice that he realized that yeah next one hearing women complain and thinking oh shit i've done that it seriously has helped me improve a lot of things did that make sense mm-hmm. okay uh, my brother used to catcall women all the time until once when i was with him he was driving i was in the passenger seat and he yelled out to a woman in another car about how hot she looked i turned to him and said very casually yet matter-of-factly you know women hate it when men talk to to us like that it's not flattering it's objectifying and disrespectful he got quiet his eyes glazed over and i saw him taking in what i had just said it had simply never occurred to him that when he that what he was doing could be seen as anything other than flattering. He never, ever did it again, and I saw him grow into uh, an extremely respectful person over the next couple years. Nice. Yeah. I just, they just don't realize. They don't get it. They they think they're, you know, yelling at you and catcalling, and you you should be like... Like we love it. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, no. Mm, No, No, that's not... Uh, Reading threads and comments on the internet changed things for me. Reading complaints was like staring into a mirror. I was horrified. So, yeah, they're just stupid. Yeah. We just don't, like, as humans, we just don't realize our own behavior, I think. Uh, Growing self-awareness that I wasn't the center of the goddamn universe. I went through a, a chasing potential girlfriends to a hard phase in my earlier adult years including mistaking simple offers of friendship and work colleague status for actual interest. It wasn't stalking level, but it was probably to the point of being a little unprofessional and uncomfortable for the women involved. That was decades ago, and I'm now with a company that doesn't tolerate that sort of thing. No company should tolerate that sort of thing. 
Uh, when I broke up with my first serious girlfriend, I was totally heartbroken. I called her all the time, cried on the phone. I even threatened suicide. This went on for some time. Eventually, I threatened to kill myself again and went to bed drunk. I woke up to a voicemail from her crying her eyes out, begging me not to do it. I was so ashamed of my behavior. I realized in that message what I had become. It was absolutely her right, as it was mine, to end a relationship at any time for any reason without being hounded and traumatized by their ex. I was evil and toxic. I apologized and promised never to do it again. That's good. Yeah. A big part of me was... A big part for me was just actually listening to women. You see it so much online and also in real life. Women will share their experiences and stories about creepy, unsafe encounters, and men will argue with them about why it either wasn't that bad, didn't happen, or they were overreacting. Dudes, stop doing that. Listen to women and think about your own behavior. Are you going to convince them that they're wrong, being uncomfortable, being catcalled or harassed? No. Yeah, just don't do it. Like, why? Don't do it. Uh, Being called out directly and specifically, I had absolutely no idea that there was anything off about my behavior. I thought nobody was picking up on how horny I was. I thought nobody knew. I thought I was smooth. But some specific things did get called out. Touches on the arm, inappropriate topics of conversation, etc. And I realized I had been a disrespectful creep and everyone knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I realized they aren't laughing because I'm funny, they're laughing because they're scared. Mm. Yes, that happens. Yep. I was 18 working at Six Flags. We got a new co-worker at the ride I mainly worked at. I took a liking to her instantly. I tried talking with her constantly and cutely blocking her path multiple times. This was all on her first day. The next day, she didn't show back up. Then, uh, that's when I realized I had harassed her. All she wanted to do was just work and get some extra cash, and I added stupid stress to that. I don't interact with coworkers like that anymore. Even if I think I could have a chance, I leave them alone on that level. It's good these people are realizing yeah, these the, things. Yeah, the very few yeah. that are realizing it. Yeah. But maybe it's a start. Maybe, yeah. Better than none. That's true. I figured out that, my, that me being gay didn't change things. I never made it a point to be careful around making women uncomfortable because I always knew I had no sexual intentions towards them and that they didn't need to worry about any advances. Of course, that didn't mean they knew that, or if they did, it didn't change the fact that I'm a man and there are appropriate ways to behave around people. Absolutely. (laughs) Please be self-aware. One of my most eye-opening things that happened to me uh, that changed me immensely. Men are afraid women will reject them. Women are afraid men will kill them. That helped me change my interactions in way in a way that was less likely to set off alarm bells in women's minds. Also, I learned to recognize when it's not clicking and to back off immediately no matter what. So this is a story I just heard recently. There was this lady that was getting attacked by a man 
Yeah. And this other man comes up and he's like, he chased off the guy that was attacking her. And he's like, come on, I'll take you home or whatever. Don't. And then he ended up. Shut the fuck up. Sexually molest or raping her, basically. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he chased that other guy off so he could have a chance yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's what women have to watch out Absolutely. for. Even the ones that seem nice at first, yeah. obviously, well, are obviously not. he's nice because yeah. he chased off my attacker. Yeah. Well, oh my god. Yeah. Unfucking believable. Wow. I like. Oh my god. And they wonder why. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's why. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my god. You can't trust anyone. No. Holy shit. Uh, One thing I realized was that I don't like being approached by random people in public, so why would women want that from me? Mm Mm-hmm. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And my last one, reading many, many posts online about how pervasive a problem it is for women to have men leer at them and subject them to microaggressions. Hearing it all named and hearing how unsettling it is for people made me re-examine some of my behavior towards women. Please do keep talking about it. It works. I sometimes hear, how do men not know about this? (laughs) Some don't, and if it's constantly being discussed and part of a of the collective consciousness maybe it will yes it's very wise words yes so be aware of yourself as well as your surroundings yes people all right i did i'm doing more um creepy roads okay this one is zombie road in wildwood missouri Al Foster Trail, also known as Lawler Ford Road, gained the moniker Zombie Road back in the 1950s, and considering all the spooky things that happen along this short two-mile road, it is no wonder. It was originally built in the 1860s on top of an existing trail used by settlers and Native Americans. Its purpose in later years was to provide easier access to the Merrimack River and the railroad tracks that ran along it but has become more of a nature trail as time has passed. During the day, it is a beautiful asphalt road, though largely inaccessible by car, that winds through a forested area and ends near a river. At night, however, its reputation takes a very dark turn. Zombie Road, a.k.a. Al Foster Trail, also happens to be the site of one of the largest Native American burial grounds in the United States. This might explain the numerous sightings of Native American ghosts that have been glimpsed from the trail. More than one person has been traveling along this road in the late evening or night and witnessed a Native American in traditional dress appear and disappear into thin air. It seems their spirits have not left the area, although they do not appear to mean any harm. Put yourself in the place of a young man enjoying a walk along a road at night, listening to the sounds of nocturnal animals and trees on either side of the asphalt the night is cool and there is enough moonlight to see clearly in fact there is enough moonlight to see a man exiting the trees on the left side of the road and walking toward the other side you are quite surprised to see he is dressed in what looks like a real gray confederate uniform assuming he is a civil war reenactor you call out to him He doesn't seem to hear you at all. You quicken your footsteps to catch up with him, but just as you are only three feet from him, he disappears before your eyes. 
Many who have wandered along Zombie Road at night have spotted the ghosts of Confederate soldiers still dressed in their uniforms. Such sightings are not surprising considering the fact that the road was of strategic importance during the Civil War. History indicates there were many bloody altercations that occurred along the road, and it has no doubt left its mark. Packs of ghost children are another common occurrence on this road. Imagine you are walking along this road late in the evening, just as darkness is about to set in. Movement to your right catches your eye, and when you turn to look at the source, what you see startles you. Walking together is a group of about four children dressed in raggedy period clothing. They walk out of the wooded area at the side of the road, cross it, and enter the trees on the other side. But as they enter the trees, they disappear from sight. They never even notice you, though you are only a few feet away from them when they cross the asphalt road. Zombie Road was used by several industries throughout the years, including trucks bringing back gravel dredged from the river on a marble and a marble company mining the limestone in the area. Limestone. Mm -hmm. Some of the ghosts sighted along the road have been attributed to such industries that resulted in many unfortunate and fatal accidents, including quarry workers whose ghostly forms still show the signs of being horribly maimed by unforgiving machinery from the nearby quarry. It is believed the spirits of some of these victims have not left the area. Envision being a young person who reached the end of the two-mile road and has decided to stop for a quick rest before heading back. It is still early in the evening, but the sun is beginning to set, and the dark canopy provided by the trees makes it seem much darker. You notice a glowing bluish-white light moving along the tracks at the end of the road. As you watch it approach, you realize this long, thin light bears a striking resemblance to a man, except you can see through him to the trees behind him. You decide to approach him, or it, whatever it might be, but he seems oblivious to your your presence. However, when you get within six feet of him, he vanishes from sight. At the end of the road is a stretch of railroad tracks, believed to be the location where an unfortunate gentleman was run over by a train. There have been several sightings of a man near these tracks, and it is believed to be the same one. So it sounds like all these are residual hauntings. Yeah, it really does. But there, I mean, that would be totally terrifying to see any of them. Oh, yeah. Anything disappearing before your eyes is like, what? Yeah. And I wonder why it's called Zombie Road. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about zombies, so I don't know. Outside of all the ghostly hauntings that seem to manifest along the road, it has a spooky reputation all its own. Its many curves and narrow roadways makes it a bit dangerous to drive. The trees form a tight canopy over the road in some spots, making it extremely dark, even in the daytime. The shadows always seem a little bit too long to visitors. Also, the denseness of the trees often prevent breezes from rustling the leaves, making it hauntingly quiet. The forest floor tends to be abnormally cold and startling to anyone making physical contact with it. In addition, visitors have reported a sudden onset of claustrophobia, feelings of hopelessness, and a strong sense of dread while traveling along this roadway. Many of those who have frequented the area insist the road never looks the same way twice, and it never seems to be the same length. Numerous people have seen humanly shadows and shapes, but when they try to venture closer for a better look, the shapes dissipate. What would you do if you were walking along the road and heard footsteps behind you? You are certain you are alone, but you turn to see the source of the steps, 
However, no one is there. You begin to walk again and hear the footsteps again. You stop and the sound stops. As you continue, you get a creepy feeling the source of those footsteps is undoubtedly following you and keeping time with you. The sense of being followed grows until you are panicked. The sound seems to be coming from the edge of the road, right where the tree line starts, but you can't see anything. Your paranoia paranoia grows until you begin to run in order to get off the road faster. But then whatever it is, just out of sight in the tree line begins to run too. To your horror, you trip and the footsteps stop, but the asphalt beneath your hands is too cold to be natural. You quickly get up and start fleeing again and hear a strange chant from the distance, which only makes you hurry faster. You make it to safety, but swear never to walk that road again. Yeah, that'd be scary. That would be freaky. Yeah. Always freaks me out, too, when they say that ghosts can affect your emotions. Oh. Or, like, project their emotions on you. Yeah. Make you feel stuff that's not you. Mm-hmm. That's scary. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I've got enough problems with exactly. my own. <laughs> I don't need someone to add to it. All right, uh, Wakehurst Parkway in Australia. Wakehurst Parkway is well known for two things. Countless fatal crashes. It's considered the most dangerous road in New South Wales. And a disturbing atmosphere that includes numerous ghost sightings. Some say the number of fatal crashes is directly related to the ghost sightings. Kelly. This is a section of road in which Wakehurst Parkway meets Warringa Road. This section seems to be the home for a malicious entity known to the locals as Kelly. An inordinate number of fatal crashes have occurred in this short stretch of road and they have been blamed on Kelly. Imagine driving down this asphalt road at night when suddenly, without a sound, a young girl appears in the passenger seat next to you. No. Just the sudden manifestation of someone in your car is enough to cause you to lose control of your vehicle. But legends from the area claim if you do not tell her she is not welcome, then she will cause your car to veer off the road and crash. Others have had an equally dangerous and disturbing encounter with Kelly, or, according to some locals, another young girl entirely. Visualize driving down the road at night when your headlights pick up the shape of a young girl wearing a white dress standing in the middle of the road and facing your oncoming vehicle. You don't have enough time to react and brace for the gut-wrenching impact. Suddenly, you realize the hood of your car passed through her and she disappeared. Needless to say, you have to pull off to the side of the road to collect yourself. You also realize if you swerved to miss her, you would probably have hit someone in an oncoming traffic. Oh my god. That's horrible. freak out. Yeah. The Ghostly Nun. Kelly isn't the only ghost that manifests along Wakehurst Parkway. There have been several reports of a phantom nun. Imagine yourself once again driving down the road, wishing you had the good sense to take an alternate route because it always makes you a bit uncomfortable. As you drive along, you suddenly have this strange sensation that someone else is in your car. That isn't possible, though, because you are moving along the road and the doors are locked. You can't shake the feeling that you are no longer alone and decide to take a quick glance in your rearview mirror to check the back seat. Mm. There you see the gray silhouette of a young woman wearing a nun's habit. Mm. She is sitting right in the middle of your back seat and is staring right at you in the rearview mirror. Her features are indistinct, but you can see her large emerald green eyes that are filled with unspeakable sadness. Aww. 
You do the only thing you can think of doing in that moment, slam on the brakes, not taking your eyes off the rear view mirror. You feel your car veering onto the side of the road. When you turn to look in the back seat, she is gone. Later, you learn that you aren't the only one to end up giving a short ride to a ghostly nun. It seems a nun visiting from Scotland was run over in that general area about 40 years before she has been appearing in cars ever since. Oh my God, that's so scary. (laughs) What is it with nuns? I don't know. That's That's weird. a good question. Hmm. Creep me. (laughs) Creep me. (laughs) Creepy. Creepy atmosphere. (laughs) That's how you say it. You're right. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing. (laughs) Even aside from the ghosts that make appearances along the road and the many crashes that have occurred, there are other factors that make it downright creepy. Put yourself... (laughs) Shut up. Oh, I said it wrong. (laughs) Creepy. Put yourself in the shoes of a driver going along at night within the speed limit. A strange shiver goes down your spine and you feel a chill go through your body. Your headlights are on, but the road just seems too dark to be natural. You still have trouble seeing when suddenly your headlights cut out. Panicked, you try to switch them back on, but nothing happens. You can't tell if you are still on the road or not until a pair of headlights appear coming straight at you. You swerve to get back in your own lane while they honk at you, and then your headlights come back on as mysteriously as they went out. Believe it or not, failing headlights is a common problem along this road. Failing headlights? Yeah. Oh my god, that would suck. That Yeah. Other paranormal manifestations. Some people have been driving along when they spotted what appeared to be a body lying unconscious by the side of the road. Oh god. They quickly stop and go back to the spot only to find the body has disappeared. Not leaving a trail behind or evidence that it was even there. Others have witnessed a mysterious, old-fashioned, horse-drawn cart traveling along along the side of the road that vanishes in thin air. That would be cool to see. Yeah, that would be. But it's still the vanishing thing. I don't know. I'd be scared to death. I would think I was going nuts, probably. That would be my first thought. Yeah, me too. A75 Road in Scotland. The A75 near... No, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Dumfrieshire, Scotland, is said by many to be the most haunted road in Scotland, and there are plenty of strange occurrences that support that supposition. How do you say that word? Supposition? Supposition? Is that right? I guess. That's what it looks like. Hmm. While it may seem similar to most other roads in Scotland, like so many other haunted highways in this book, It loses its innocence after the sun drops below the horizon. Hmm. Spectral animals. One of the most eerie sightings that occurred along this stretch of Scottish highway would be that of spectral animals. One of the older haunted tales of the A75 involved just such an encounter. Truck drivers, or as they are called in Great Britain, lorry drivers, Derek and Norman Ferguson, back in 1962, were driving along the A75 near midnight when a large hen flew right toward their windshield and then suddenly disappeared. Weird. Later that night, they encountered a menagerie 
of ghostly animals, including feral cats, wild-looking dogs, goats, and mork chickens. Just as the trucks seemed ready to strike the innocent-looking animals, they disappear into thin air. After checking the windshield, the front bumper, and the grill, the next day they found there was nothing on them, not a single feather or hair, much less blood. There wasn't That wasn't all they saw that night, either. Feeling a sudden drop in temperature, they decided to stop the truck by the side of the road for a few minutes. That's when the truck began to sway, moving back and forth violently as if some massive creature were rocking it in an attempt to turn it over. One of the brothers stepped out of the car and the rocking stops. He looked at his brother and jumped back into the truck. Quickly putting the truck into gear, they moved on, determined to get the frightful journey completed as quickly as possible. Just when they felt they were clear of all unusual activity, they noticed a furniture van swerving left and right and about to crash right in front of their truck. The brothers assumed the van driver was encountering these strange phantom animals too until they saw the van disappear right before their (laughs) eyes. Even more frightening was the elderly woman who ran toward their truck, her arms outstretched and waving desperately. What? She was followed moments later by an old, time-worn man with long, white, disheveled hair who was screaming so loud as to be heard clearly in the cab of the truck. Without warning, both the old man and woman disappeared. Many witnesses have reported encounters with these animals, the phantom furniture truck, and the sight of terrible malformed creatures caught for a split second in the headlights of their vehicle. That's crazy. That is, what the hell? That's like residual haunt road or something. Like that, that area is like full of residual shit for some reason. Yeah, that's crazy. Huh. You would think people would just stop driving down it. You would think. Ghostly victim. One woman in particular was driving along A-75 when an elderly man, perhaps the same one encountered by the Ferguson brothers, ran directly in front of her car at night. There was no time for her to react. In horror, she braced for what she feared would be a fatal impact from the man, only to have him disappear before her eyes. She quickly pulled her car over to the side of the road and grabbed a flashlight from the trunk. She searched for any sign of him, certain she must have struck him. She went back to her car to check the front end and saw there were no dents. The bumper, too, was in perfect condition. It seems that whatever she thought she struck was not altogether corporeal. Her experience mirrors that of many drivers, convinced they were about to hit someone only to have them disappear. I'm saying if you don't hear anything, just don't stop. Yeah, if you don't feel anything yeah. or hear anything, just keep just maybe keep going. <laughs> maybe go to the next lit gas station. Yeah, go somewhere that is occupied with other yes, people. I agree. Parade of long dead poor. Oh. <laughs> That's so sad. That is just the saddest sentence <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> Visualize driving a truck or a lorry, minding your own business, driving down A75 for what seems like the thousandth time in your delivery truck, realizing you are getting too tired to be safe driving on the road. You wisely pull off to the side and lay down in the back for a rest. You are sleeping quite soundly until 3 a.m. when you inexplicably wake up. You open your eyes and raise up slightly on your elbow. You can clearly see out the back of the truck. To this day, you don't know why you froze when you witnessed what you did, but you simply could not move. 
a captive audience to a strange and frightening parade. A group of bedraggled, impoverished-looking people were walking past the tailgate of your truck. Mm -hmm. They were dressed in little more than medieval-style rags, like you've seen in the books and the museum. They were carrying bundles or pulling handcarts. This phantom parade seemed to go on for an hour, but you cannot be sure how long it really lasted. Once the ghost finished passing by in their macabre march, you move again and rush back into the cab of your truck, start the engine, and head on. The next day, you resign your job and refuse to ever drive a truck along the A-75 again. Many people have seen these ghostly marchers, and one truck driver did indeed give up his career after his own personal experience. Yeah, that would be terrifying. And if you can be poor after you die, I give up. Yeah, that just... I just give up. That Well, that had to have been residual. It had to have been. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) It's awful. That's If you have to continually parade up and down a road in rags... Or work. Yeah. No. No. It's awful. No. Other sightings. There have been many, many sightings along A-75 besides those just mentioned. Drivers caught a Hessian hooded figure in their headlights that disappears into thin air. Some drivers have spotted animals that could best be described as shapeshifters, changing form before their very eyes. There have been sightings of a woman dressed in black, including a flat black hat. The odd thing about her was that she could only be seen from the waist up. No. That's creepy. It's just like a torso floating around. Yeah. That's so weird. I know. How did she die? Ooh, I don't I don't want to know. Ooh. Dead Man's Curve in Claremont County, Ohio. Any road with the moniker of Dead Man's Curve is bound to be dangerous. It lies between two regular freeways but includes a deadly and dangerous intersection. Many ghosts have chosen this road, which lies east of Cincinnati, as their haunt of choice probably where they died yeah ghost vehicles in 1969 five teenagers were killed when their 1968 impala was struck by a 1969 roadrunner traveling at speeds in excess of 100 miles per hour only one person walked away from the accident alive people driving down this stretch of road have seen a driverless impala pass them as well as a 1969 green roadrunner some drivers have reported a green road runner chasing them down the road and driving aggressively. The cars then vanished inexplicably from sight. Are they destined to reenact that horrific accident over and over again? Faceless Hitchhiker. No, thank you. Don't like that one. <laughs> it is believed the same tragic accident resulted in a ghost known as the Faceless Hitchhiker. His appearances usually take place in the short window of time between 1.20 and 1.40 a.m. Imagine you are driving along this four-lane road in modern times. As you near the fatal intersection, where 222 meets State Road 125, you notice the shape of a man standing by the side of the road. You can clearly see his light-colored pants, blue shirt, and long hair cut cut reminiscent of the late 1960s. Than now. You can only see his back with his arm raised, but as you draw closer to him, he turns to face your car. You blink your eyes hard. What you see just doesn't make sense. Where his face should be, you only see flesh-colored skin. 
He has no eyes, mouth, or nose. He's faceless. You pass him, then look back again, but he's gone. You've just encountered the faceless hitchhiker. Some have claimed if they fail to stop, he chases their car a short distance, while others say he has pelted their vehicle with stones as they don't stop, if they don't stop. Still, others report he has suddenly appeared in the middle of the road, forcing them to swerve dangerously in order to miss him as he disappears at the last second. Many locals insist he is one of the victims of the fatal accident back in 1969, perhaps because of his haircut and style of dress. But exactly who he is, no one knows for sure. Well, I mean, there's really no way that he could chase you for that long. You can't see, right? <laughs> that Just that in itself is creepy as hell. Fuck yeah. No is. face, no. Like no. nothing? Nothing. N- that's, no, no, no. No eyes, no, no. nose, no mouth. That's so nothing. creepy. Yeah. I just, no. Mm-mm. Smoky hitchhiker. Put yourself in the place of an, uh, another individual traveling along the same road, approaching the same intersection. You are traveling late in the evening, but there is still enough light out to see clearly. That's when you see a dark, shadowy, almost smoke-like shape that seems to be a man. He or it is walking by the side of the road, limping and dragging one leg as if he's seriously injured, but it is as if he is made of smoke instead of flesh and bones. As your vehicle draws near, he completely disappears from sight. Another witness to this smoky hitchhiker had a very different encounter with him. As her vehicle drew near, he threw himself in front of her vehicle. To her utter horror, she felt her wheels as they drove over something. Oh, what? Terrified, she slammed on the brakes. That's when she saw the shadowy male figure crawl up on the hood of her car. What? She quickly accelerated and he disappeared. (laughs) No way. Nope. (laughs) I'm out of there. Is he the same as the faceless hitchhiker? Is he perhaps another victim of the many deadly accidents that gave Dead Man's Curve its name? A psychic with no previous knowledge of the area was invited to visit the location of these ghostly manifestations. In just a short time, she claimed to have made contact with a ghost who declared to have lost his life there. And she said the entity was very, very evil. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) And that's all I got. All right. I have some people who have gut instincts that worked out for the best oh i like these kind of stories yeah first one i knew something was off with my body last year i was 20 years old and somehow i really felt like i was going to die it came to a head until or while i was working at my retail job i got incredibly dizzy and just felt off my supervisor told me to go back to work but i felt but i left anyways and went to the urgent care they ended up calling EMS because my vitals were, were so unstable. I went to the hospital, saw a doctor who heard I was disabled, and immediately assumed it was cognitive. It isn't purely physical. And wrote it off as an allergic reaction to an antibiotic I was on. He didn't run any tests, but I knew something was wrong. I went back to work and promptly passed out. My manager called 911. The EMTs wrote it off as anxiety, but I told my mom that I needed to go back to the hospital ASAP. 
Oh, she listened and I was seen almost immediately. I had a pulmonary embolism, blood clot in my lung, which can be fatal. If I didn't trust my gut, I'd be dead right now. The doctor had me had sent me home with steroids and anti-nausea pills, painkillers, and everything meant to help get better over the next three days. Nothing worked. I was still lethargic and truly felt like I was dying. I'm glad I listened to my body even when everyone else was telling me I was wrong. That's scary. That's really scary. But on the other hand... <laughs> These poor doctors. Yeah. They have these hypochondriacs that come. Yeah. And they swear, you know, they're dying too. Yeah. It's like, how do you... Stupid people ruin it for everybody. Yeah, they do. They do. I was a teenager and babysitting two young girls that lived next door. One day during the summer, the parents had a family cookout and invited us over. I was pushing the younger daughter on a swing and saw two bees circling. It was one of those seat-like swings where your legs go through, and I just felt like something was about to happen. She was allergic to bees, so once I saw them circling, I took her out immediately. I went and told my neighbors, can someone check that swing? I just have a weird feeling something's wrong. The father took apart the swing and found a massive bee's nest the size of a grapefruit. That's awful. That's horrible. I was working at a local convenience store and noticed some people repeatedly coming in and out of the store. They never bought anything. They just kept looking up at security mirrors and leaving the store. I panicked and called local police. The third time they came in, they attempted to rob the store. Fifteen seconds later, I counted. The police showed up and arrested them on the spot. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Not as uh, sneaky as they thought they were. (laughs) Uh, very obvious. <laughs> One time I was visiting my grandparents and they wanted me to go to church with them. I had a nasty feeling, so lied and said I wasn't feeling well. My grandparents didn't trust me alone in their house for some reason, so they stayed with me. They figured we could go the next day anyway. The mass we were to attend turned into a mass shooting targeting people of color, which we were, or which we are. If we would have went, I'm sure we would... I'm not sure if we'd still be alive. I couldn't believe I somehow felt something bad would happen. My grandparents say I'm lucky. I felt ill and they didn't trust me alone, even at 14 years old. But I know the real reason why I stayed. That's cool. Yeah. Save their lives. It's like always trust your gut. Yeah. I don't think my gut ever tells me anything. But maybe it does. And I just don't realize it. I think it does. I think everyone's does, but you just haven't been in a position where your gut needed to talk to you. Mm, Maybe. I was 22 years old and living in a house with three friends. I woke up one night at 3 a.m. and had the sudden feeling to go upstairs. When I went up, I noticed a lit candle that had completely burned down to a little puddle of wax and a fire on the wooden windowsill. It wasn't my candle, though. I'm glad I caught it before the whole house caught on fire. Hmm. That's just weird when people say, I just felt a need to go yeah. upstairs. Like, why or, would they? Yeah, in, in the, the middle, middle of the, of the night, night, you wake yeah. up, oh, I need to go upstairs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's weird. That is weird. One day on my way home, I paused at an intersection. Going right would take me home. Going straight took me to my mom's. Something told me to go straight, so I did and discovered my mom had fallen badly and needed to go to the hospital. 
This was before cell phones, and the house phone was in the other room. She lived alone, so who knows how long she would have laid there if I hadn't gotten that feeling. That's my concern. What? Oh, that you're going to ignore it or something? No, that I, that something's going to happen to me here. Oh. And nobody's going to know. <laughs> Hopefully something will tell someone to And I don't get you. make it a habit of carrying my phone with me yeah. wherever I go. I think that's more of a younger person thing. Yeah. So I don't... Never, nobody ever calls me, so why in the world do I have it? (laughs) Uh, I planned to drive down to my mom's house during Labor Day weekend. My dog was coming with me, though I had the worst feeling and decided not to take my dog, which was so strange because she went everywhere with me. About 10 minutes into the drive, I had a horrific crash that totaled my 72 Plymouth, a tank of a car. I had some serious fractures and a bunch of other little injuries that healed, but had my dog been with me, she would have died in front of my eyes. No question about that. Oh. Glad you didn't take your puppy. Yeah. One of the biggest wildfires happened on the island of Eva, Greece, while I was there with my family for vacation. We were out for the afternoon for an afternoon swim when we saw a bunch of smoke in the sky from a village next to us. People gathered at the beach, but no one was very worried or left the island. The first thing I said to my family was, let's go inside and just pack our things now. You never know. We packed our things and we saw more people outside of the hotel and the smoke was getting bigger. After a while, the family that was staying next to the room started packing and said they hoped they'd catch the last boat to get off the island. We didn't know there was only one boat left. We immediately got our packed things and left and caught the last boat at the last minute. As we were arriving in Athens, the fire back at the island was getting huge and people were trapped. The place we were staying at and everything next to it was burned down within hours. People had to spend the night at the beach, and the next day the government sent some tiny boats to get them, but they had to leave their cars behind, so I'm thankful we got out of there alive, and my family still says that if I didn't tell them to pack their things so quickly, we would have been in big trouble. Hmm. That's scary. Yeah. The first time I met my grandma's new boyfriend, I just had a gut instinct not to like him or engage with him. I told my parents on the car ride home something was off with him, but they assured me I just felt weird that he, uh, as he wasn't my grandpa. Later, we found out he was convicted of murder. He'd killed his wife. He had some other issues with his other wives and was trying to isolate my grandma from us. I'm still proud that I was the first person to realize something was off with him. Hmm. Listen to your kids, I guess. I guess. My husband and I were at my in-laws' house out of state with my teenage with my teenage and infant daughters. I knew that a winter storm was supposed to move in, though nothing was happening. Still, for some reason, I was re- I really felt we should stay another night. I'm glad we did. The roads were so icy, and on the way home, we counted dozens of cars in ditches and flipped over. If we had left when we were supposed to, our car likely would have been one of them. When I was about five years old, my mom was about to run an errand, and because my dad was at work, I was going with her like usual. Instead, I threw a massive fit about not wanting to go. This was not like me. I was quite used to being toted around because my dad worked a lot, plus she usually got me candy at the, the deli we went to. 
After lots of crying and screaming that I didn't want to go, my mom finally gave in and let my 12-year-old sister babysit me alone for the first time ever while she left alone. Later, my neighbor showed up. My mom had been rear-ended by a truck. Her injury, her injuries were fairly minor, but the entire back of the car was crushed completely up to into the front seats. I would have died. Hmm. That's fucking crazy. How'd they know that? Yeah. That's not even really, I mean, I guess it's a, a gut feeling, but it almost seems more like, um, like a premonition feeling, not an actual premonition, but yeah, I don't know. Like, is that why what a gut feeling is? I mean, yeah, I guess it would be because why in the world would this child act like that? When it's totally out of character, they were used to going with them and then they happened to like, they would have died. Yeah. So something had to have been telling this kid not to go. Mm-hmm. Weird. I was supposed to drive up to my brother's one weekend, but as I was about to leave, I got this weird feeling that I should hold off and leave a little later. I texted my brother telling him I would be a bit late. As I drove up later, I discovered there had been an accident. A huge truck carrying some sort of flammable material had gotten into an accident on the highway and started leaking. A fire had broken out, and the fire started traveling along the flammable line towards people's cars. Everyone was getting out of their cars and running the opposite way. This happened on the section of highway I would have been on if I hadn't listened to the feeling to leave later. Hmm. I was having extreme abdominal pain for a few days. After I went and got some tests done, my doctor told me while my blood cell, cell count was a bit high, but that it wasn't urgent. He made an appointment for me the following day at the hospital, which is almost two hours away through Winding Mountain Highway. I went home but kept feeling like I needed to go to the hospital immediately. I got a friend to drive me and they dropped me off at the emergency room while they went to get a hotel. I walked inside the doors and fainted. When I woke up, I was being rushed down the hall to surgery for a ruptured appendix. If I had waited to go, I would have died. That's crazy. Yeah. I have relatives who live in France, and in 2016, my cousin in Nice and his family were deciding where to go for Bastille Day on July 14th. My cousin wanted to go to a big celebration on the waterfront, which was going to feature fireworks display and a flyover by the French Air Force. However, his wife insisted that they go to a smaller celebration venue farther away. I don't know whether or not it was her intuition or if she just didn't want to deal with crowds, but the decision not to go to the big celebration likely saved their lives. That evening, a terrorist drove a truck through the massive crowds of people gathered there for the celebration. Many people died and hundreds of people were injured, killing 86 people and wounding almost 500 more. My cousin and his family might have been among them. I was in my late teens and on my way to pick up my brother from his friend's house. I had to drive through a highway intersection and was stopped at the red light. I was in the middle of the lane in a Buick Regal when, with a big truck to the left of me in the left turn lane and nothing to my right. Since the opposite traffic didn't have anyone turning left, my lane turned green and at the same time, the left hand turn for the truck did. I don't know if that made sense or not. Usually at lights, I give a quick traffic check and heavy foot it out into the intersection. I look right and then left and only saw the big truck. 
I moved my foot to the gas pedal and started to step on it, then noticed the truck wasn't moving. So I stopped. Just then, a huge transport truck sped through the red light. I'm thankful that I noticed that the truck was not moving and listened to my feeling to stop. If I hadn't, I would have died. I was working and stopped by a co-worker's desk to say hi. She didn't look good, but kept insisting she was fine. I absolutely didn't believe her and went to my manager and told her straight up that something was really wrong with her and she needed to go sit down. As a non-confrontational person, that wasn't like me at all. But my manager listened. Turned out my coworker was having a heart attack. Oh, man. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, that would be me. <laughs> I'm just having a heart attack, but I'm cool. I'm just a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I've had problems with chronic migraines since high school. I had one on a day I was supposed to go to work. Uh, more to a morning shift. Usually I'd push through and go to work anyway because I was used to it. Though that day I had a feeling that I needed to stay home. I called out sick. A few hours after I would have left, a fire started in our basement. The only other person home was my stepbrother who was asleep in the attic bedroom. He wouldn't have woken up until the fire had spread, likely destroying the house and definitely killing our dogs who were in crates downstairs. We also learned that the smoke alarms downstairs could barely be heard on the upper levels of the house. Mm. That's scary. Yep. I took a train to work every day, same train in the morning and same train in the evening for years. One night I had a really rough time sleeping and was really tired at work. I felt so anxious to get home, so I took an earlier train. The train I usually took derailed that night. Multiple people died. I was home with my wife, but she couldn't stop crying because I normally always take that train. My neighbor worked in investment years ago, and it took him all over the country to large businesses. He was supposed to meet with the company on September 11, 2001, and they were located in one of the Twin Towers. My neighbor felt something was off and recently had twins, so he opted out of the business trip to stay home with his wife and newborn twins. If he had gone, he would have been in one of those towers that day. He says it still haunts him. I bet. Fuck yeah. My friends and I were planning to go to the ghost ship party in Oakland that burned down. We were right outside, and we all just didn't feel like going in, so at the last minute, I made the call for us to go home. I woke up to the news of the fire. Mm. And my last one, I was pregnant with my now daughter, and... I was getting in the left turning lane in my car. Another car abruptly cut me off to get in front. Normally I'd be a little bit more aggressive, but I felt like I should stop and let it go. We were at the red light and a car turning left in the opposite direction slammed into the car in front of me that cut me off. (laughs) It could have been the car me and my unborn baby were in. Sometimes it pays to be patient. Yep. Those were mine for the week. All right. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. I did funny tweets. Okay. I was a terrible mother today and told my teens I hate them. Well, what I really said was, it's raining, so you might need an umbrella. But apparently, it's the same thing. Absolutely. How did you not know that? (laughs) Duh. Don't tell me how to live my life. (laughs) (laughs) Some people will complain about Bluey and say things like the parents spend too much time imaginative, pl- 
Too much time doing imaginative play with the kids. It's unrealistic. I don't, I don't understand that one. We're going to skip that one. Okay. A mom is a mom that does mom stuff. That's what moms do. My kid establishing he won't be authoring any dictionaries. <laughs> Good to know. To a nine-month-old, nothing is as funny as taking off their own socks. A nine-month-old could film a whole Netflix comedy special of just taking off their socks, and the other nine-month-olds would go wild. <laughs> Spoiled my daughter with new shoes and books and took her and her friends shopping and to dinner for her 12th birthday. Two boys from her school sent her a video of them singing happy birthday. She messaged back, best birthday gift ever. I feel my status might be slipping. <laughs> yeah. Last weekend, my six-year-old was upset because she was nervous about her swim meet. So I told her if she could find some confidence and do it, I would throw a pie in her dad's face the second he got home. That child swam like an Olympian. <laughs> Follow me for more motivational tools. And then there's actually a picture of this guy with pie all over his face. <laughs> he does not look happy. That's funny. <laughs> Since the time change, the hours between dinner ending and being able to put the kids to bed is 83 hours. <laughs> Bending space time, but it's just my five-year-old fitting two hours of talking into the one hour he's been awake. <laughs> I see your baker's dozen and raise you a mom's dozen. Eleven because you ate one when the kids weren't looking. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Pediatrician, if it's okay with your permission, I usually take a peek in the underwear area. My child, that would be fine, except I'm not wearing any. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and you know the mom is like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Teenage girls will be wearing a sweatshirt and be like, I'm in my sweatshirt era. <laughs> oh my god. After seeing my childhood photo album, my seven-year-old is sad that I grew up in times when color wasn't invented. Oh. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> color wasn't invented. <laughs> my three-year-old put stickers all over my face and then peeled them off, and that's the closest I've come to a facial in a long time. <laughs> Mom life, I love it. <laughs> Sunday, I think the kids handle daylight savings pretty good. Tuesday, no. Oh, yeah, that's definitely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting is wanting to know why a pair of tweezers is stuck with toothpaste onto a <laughs> bottle of toilet bowl cleaner and being too tired to ask. Oh, God. <laughs> that's funny. Kid math is setting the clocks back one hour, but waking your parents up two and a half hours earlier than usual. <laughs> Are you having a good Sunday, or did you just yell at your kids to not throw pumpkins down the hallway? Oh, God. Picked up my kids from a play date, and the other mom told me how amazing, polite, helpful, and well-behaved my child was. It was worrisome. She didn't know which kid was mine, but I asked if I could take the one she described home with me instead. <laughs> 
My 15-year-old thinks I'm cringe, so clearly I've peaked as a mother. (laughs) Awesome. Goals. (laughs) (laughs) I gave my child the choice of walking one way or another. She said this way and ran off in a completely different direction. (laughs) My kid forgot what Skittles were, so he called them fruity M&M's. Hey, well, yeah. That works. And my last one. Reasons my toddler cried tonight included, he wanted me to cut his toast, and so I did, and then he lost all semblance of composure because I did not realize I was supposed to cut just the toast, not the jam. What? (laughs) Oh my gosh. And that's all I got. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.